Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Meredith. Oh, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. It's Welcome very warm. Welcome to my barren apartment. Yeah. I mean, I I will... It's going to be real cute when there's furniture. And when there's not like a weird echo because... Because um, no it's furniture. so empty in here? Yeah. 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 Uh, I warned Meredith. I was like, uh, just FYI, we will be sitting on camping chairs it's going to be real rustic. And yet it's really comfortable. The camping chairs are nice. Honestly, I like them too much. Mm. I'm kind of a little afraid they're going to, I'm going to like incorporate them into whatever (laughs) we eventually do with the apartment. Um, And then Charles will roll in and be like, no, absolutely not. Why did we are a classy establishment here? (laughs) We are. We're trying to be. Um, How are you? What's new? Uh, I'm good. I uh, have been kind of busy, but that's all right. Um, and I've been doing some writing, which has been a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Uh, I got, I got to wade into writing a trend piece last week about a bar in Brooklyn called Charlene's, which is very I popular. I saw, I saw. Yeah. I made some, uh, some people very unhappy because apparently <laughs> you can't write something fun for a website no. specifically about bars and drinking yeah, without making people angry about how you're like not cool enough. I don't know. How many times I have to tell you, we can't have fun ever, okay? Oh, God. You know, (laughs) yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not doing a deep dive investigation into something terrible. I need to be able to be happy. It's so weird when people associate you with one. Because I went through this with, obviously, having done journalism and then now doing comedy. Yeah. Like, people associate you with one thing. And then you do something else. And they're like, what? 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 No. How dare you? Your brand. And it's like, well... I'm a person, so I have more than one interest. And, you know, I just kept thinking about it. I was like, guys, I got paid to write this. Yeah. So score. why be mean about it? Like, this can be my job. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. I also saw the first Purge on Thursday. You wreck? I definitely wreck. Um, I also wrote a piece about that. For uh, NBC News Think, which is the op-ed vertical, both of these pieces, and I make a lot of arguments about how the f- somehow this one and the whole series really is great for catharsis as far as like being someone who's on the progressive side and feeling like you're watching this not even slow moving disaster anymore. Right. Um, there is something great about watching people who are the like targets of so much violence and oppression that then are able to like fight back and yeah. think like okay yeah it is really good to watch people kill nazis yes i will what i really love about the purge series and i've talked about this before on the show i think is it's definitely one of the weirdest examples of a franchise that got smarter and smarter as yeah. it went along like the first purge movie is fine. Yeah, but it's just a, it uses a the premise as an excuse to do a basic home invasion film, and right. it's like less interesting because they're focused on a middle class white family or an upper class white yes. family. And I think that things got much better once they made the cast more diverse and right. covered. And, the, and like you know, they actually the started like asking themselves like, who would the purge really affect? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I mean like I don't know anything about this dude's politics, Jim DeMonico, the creator, and then who was the writer director of the first three, and then wrote this one. Right. Um, but he seems to have accidentally stumbled onto some really trenchant 
analysis and i'm down with that yeah yeah also pretty psyched for the usa sci-fi 10 episode series that's going to be coming out in september what oh yeah this one worries me a little bit because it seems like there's a lot of white people in it Uh, okay but i watched the trailer and it seems that they're when they do focus on people who are like part of regular society the question is like if you want to be accepted Mm. you have to be willing to purge like you have to be the rich person who goes out and like victimizes someone because otherwise you're not part of the real like upper class and i think like that could be really interesting yeah that's very interesting um so you have not seen sorry to bother you i have not although i'm going tonight Okay, so maybe next week we could talk about it. Absolutely. It's great. I have been talking about it in the vaguest possible terms because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But, yeah, it's great. It's very funny. It's very weird. Uh, yeah, you're going to – I think you'll enjoy it. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm taking, uh, taking Pete, my boyfriend, and then two friends who are also very interested. You so recruited we're all, people. I did. We're going to we're get it get – it, going and i'm really really psyched very cool um, um not I'll ready s- for the handmaid's tale finale oh god i'm not gonna not think about that braced. until until i can pretend yeah, yeah i don't know again i'm definitely not ready i haven't seen it yet but i am looking forward to watching sharp objects i have also not started that one but i will i've heard good things this is just gonna we'll just talk about stuff that we haven't seen but we've heard good things about uh was there anything else you saw or read or listened to that you wanted to mm-hmm. um, do a little Ricky for? Well, I will say um, Boots Riley does a long interview with Mark Marin this week on What the Fuck podcast. Cool. Um, and it is just kind of nice to watch or to listen to him uh, break down, you know, revolutionary anti-capitalist realness. Mm-hmm. In, uh, and like that just makes me happy. Cause yeah, and I will say, and I this is not a spoiler, but the film is definitely like an anthology of Boots' work. Mm-hmm. Like down to Tessa Thompson's earrings. Oh my God, I, love, I want them so bad. But like, I love the fact that they're lyrics, mm-hmm. you know, like that was a very cool touch. Um, but yeah, I want to own all of them. Um, Man, I hope Boots puts out a jewelry line. How cool would that be? <laughs> I would buy everything. Yeah, that would be... I really hope someone has suggested that to him because her outfits, too. Like, everything about Tessa Thompson in that movie is amazing. Um, yeah, the other... Let's see. Oh, I watched the movie Good Time on... Okay. Uh, it was on Amazon, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, it's on Netflix, so you can watch it. And that's um, these two brothers, Benny and Josh Safdie, and it's... Robert Pattinson, and he's really good. Ooh. Yeah, it's definitely like he's a super a good actor. Yeah, and he's great in this. Okay. Like it's a, it's kind of a heist movie. Like he has to run around um, Queens, but not like Long Island City Queens, like right. Elmhurst Queens. <laughs> great. Oh wow. Uh, so it's like in My old like stomping ground. Actual like. <laughs> real outer borough yeah, kind yeah. of stuff and he's yeah small time criminal and he's trying to help his brother out and then there's just a lot of like weird caper shit with some okay. really excellent kind of experimental techno music in the background it's um, super super stylized like and amazing dream. yeah okay gonna watch that you also recommended uh the forest yes me? it's a french uh crime drama you know you've got the usual sort of like missing girls 
tell small town secrets like love nom um, nom 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 yeah definitely. you were like you like broad church and i was like i do like broad church <laughs> watch the forest i was like i'm on it absolutely yeah. i'm definitely getting into the french netflix shows because mm-hmm. i have basically seen all of the yes. like uh what do you call it like contemplative british crime yes. dramas so Same. also really dug uh marcella which i think you oh, might have heard okay. of so I gave a very specific recommendation for Marcella because I was watching season one while I was moving. Yep. And it was like the perfect show to watch while you're moving. Yep. If that makes sense. Like it, it's definitely like interesting, but it's not so complicated that you can't be doing other stuff. Totally. Totally. While it's going down. Also, guys, she's a very fucked up protagonist. Yeah, she really is. She really is. It's like, She's kind of a bad person. She's an abusive alcoholic. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, uh, and yeah. watching it, I was like, oh, wow. Like, but I like shows that sort of challenge you like that. Like, I remember Breaking Bad. People had a really hard time accepting that Walter White is a bad person. Yeah. But it's like, but he's the main character. I was like, well, right. But the main character can be a bad person. And I definitely enjoy that, like, she's also not that good of a cop. No. Like, it, there's, it was nice to watch a TV show that was like, oh, it's Cop Mom, but, like, she's actually interesting. Yes. You know, that and was like, good. And, like, she's flawed and fucks up and fucks up a lot. And yeah. yeah. Also, I'm always here for Jamie Bamber, a.k.a. Lee Adama from Battlestar Galactica, when yes. he uses his regular accent. God, that man is still so beautiful. Yes. Uh, agreed. Uh, confirmed, everyone. So... Any other listening or reading recies? I I'm sorry I keep calling him recies, guys. Every time <laughs> I say it, I'm like, ew, and it keeps popping out of my mouth. Um, I am now on the second uh, book in a trilogy. I think I might have recommended The Three-Body Problem in the past. It's a Chinese science fiction book. Three-Body Problem? The Three-Body Problem. It's not remember. actual physical people bodies. It's like physics bodies so um but it's uh it's super weird it's definitely dark the basic premise starts with the cultural revolution in china Mm. and uh there's a seti-esque um search for extraterrestrial life and then uh when you know it's not spoiling anything to say like there is contact made and then now you watch these like people in China like were figuring out whether they want to be like what what's going to happen like mm. oh are they going to destroy society do we want to help them destroy society do we want to join them do we want to like have a revolt so it's actually like it's very political very odd and then I just so I finished the first one and now I'm on to the second book in the trilogy very and cool. it's super super interesting that one's called The Dark Forest so I am reading yeah. oh it's too far away oh um, no hold on let me see if I can find um bear with me everyone um, I, all of my books are packed, so I was just tearing open boxes, like, trying to find, uh, anything that I could read, uh, nope, I can't find the title of it, it's okay, guys, um, so that's a good wreck, um, anything that you're listening to, whether it be music or podcasts? Um, I have to say I've gotten really into listening to like sleep meditation and ASMR podcasts yeah. as a way to, well, not ASMR. Uh, we've, I know that we've, we've talked been, about this. We've before. talked about this, but I hate ASMR so much. I'm one of the people who it's like a form of torture for, <laughs> but I definitely love listening to like thunderstorms. Yeah. I'm definitely, there's a few that I've found that are really good, mm-hmm. um, that I really enjoy. 
enjoy. Oh, also, there's a new season of You Must Remember This that just started. She's doing, oh. uh, if you're not a fan of that, she runs through like stories, scandals, and untold histories of the first you know century of Hollywood. Yes. So now she's, um, she's fact-checking the anecdotes and assertions that um, are made in Kenneth Anger's book, Hollywood ba- or, uh, Hollywood Babylon. Yes. So uh, she just started, and it's like fantastic. Um, very cool. So be be glad that she is back. It's, I am very it's glad good time. she's back. Yeah. Um, what did I start? Oh, I know. What did I start listening to? Um, guys, I'm a mess right now. It's really okay. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Let me look at my phone really quick. I because I didn't have. Um, like internet for a few days, I suddenly was like, uh, oh yeah, you must remember this, popped up on my uh, little feed. Um, yeah, just my usual murder shows. Yeah, I've been getting away from murder shows because it's been, it was starting to get a little bit dark. Yeah, and also this thing is starting to happen where I'm starting to hear the same stories, mm-hmm. which it can be fun to hear other people tell the same story in a different way. But I'm definitely like, this is like the fifth time I've heard this serial killer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe I could start to like listen to other storytelling podcasts, <laughs> you know, like creative podcasts that aren't just like about murder and making me very paranoid. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm definitely in the market for a new, um, scripted podcast. Like I've been really into downloading and then binging like serialized scripted stuff, especially if it's a little bit creepy, but Night Vale basically take has anything. been producing a bunch of different shows like oh, yeah, Alice isn't that. dead and stuff yeah. like that. That is really good, and the mm-hmm. writing's great, and the acting's really amazing, too. Um, if you're looking for scripted shows. Ooh, that sounds good. Guys, it is a Wednesday episode, and you know what that means. Something deeply strange happened in my apartment. Which and is I, especially disturbing since you just got here, just and they followed here. you. I'm brand new, guys. This one was a little bit different in, I think, a good way, but uh, here it is. Enjoy. Guys, this is pretty exciting and kind of different, but I recently got interviewed by a newspaper, and I thought it could be kind of fun if we um, cross-posted content. So I'm going to play the interview uh, I did, or I participated in. (laughs) I'm so used to doing interviews, but I was interviewed uh, right now. And yeah, I hope you enjoy. Hi, Allison. Uh, Clark Kent, Daily Planet. Thanks for doing the interview. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Well, I'm, I'm doing a story on uh, podcast and political journalism. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but you are uh, one of the most listened to podcasts in Metropolis. Oh, really? Yes. That's people, exciting. People love light trees and news. That's awesome. Well, great. Well, how long have you been a political journalist? Oh, boy. Uh, over a decade. Wow. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I um I originally started uh I was a beat journalist for the Nation. Mm-hmm. I covered uh anti-corporate tax dodging groups okay. like US Uncut. Mm-hmm. And then that sort of segued into me covering Occupy Wall Street. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, uh as a political journalist, you know, you uh, host a 5-day week podcast. Mm-hmm. Um I'd love to get your takes on a couple of uh very pressing political matters and see what you think about them. Absolutely, yeah. 
Sweet. So first, I'd love to get your opinion on how you feel about the um, just really horrific, just wildly inadequate size of the telephone booths in Metropolis. Oh, um, God. Are, are phone booths still a thing? I didn't know that. Yes. Yes, they're oh, very much okay. a thing. Uh, um, and they're very important to okay. some people. And uh, they're just... They're just far too small. I mean, really, they're death traps, oh, really. wow. I, that's they're, interesting. I, mean, I hadn't considered that. I guess you're right in the sense that not everyone has access to cell phones, and it's certainly important that uh, people have access to public phones that they can use as well. The phones, and but the, more importantly, the booths. I'm sorry. The, the booth. The issues. The booth is too small. It's. It is a death trap. Okay. Let me tell you something. I went in there the other day. Okay. Okay. I popped into a phone booth to. Ch- I mean, to call my grandmother. Okay. And I. I nearly fell and hit my head. Okay. I was. Oh I wow. Was, I was doing a lot in there, and I just. I tripped. I hit my head. They're too small. Uh, is what okay. I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, accessibility is important, certainly. So yeah, if I. I would support that, making them bigger. Thank you. Yeah, Great. you're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. If, you know, if you could, if you could post this on your podcast, so maybe we could get some traction going. I just that'd be I don't great. know how like um, you know, y- universal the issue is. That seems like a, a pretty specific grievance. I think it's a very big deal. Okay. But I can under. Oh, you know what? Okay, I can understand your point. Yeah. Um, let's. Uh, ha- you talk a lot about the environment on your show, right? Yes, we do. Great. Okay. Well, I, you know, I have an environmental question for you. I'd okay. love to get your take on. Sure. How do you feel about the just out of control levels of kryptonite all over Metropolis? Oh, interesting. I, I actually had not heard about that. That it's a huge problem. Kryptonite's everywhere. It's in a huge. Pro- there's just it. It boggles the mind because it is a substance from another planet, from the planet Krypton. Sure, I've heard. And of- it's it's wildly harmful to some people and it is just well to superman it's harmful it's very very destructive to some people to to superman and it's just all over the place well yeah it's just all over the place it doesn't make any sense certainly don't support there being toxic waste all over metropolis i i think that should be dealt with and cleaned up i'm glad to hear that thank you I, i look you know i could really use your help in you know, getting this issue out in the open because I, I feel like people I, aren't I feel talking like about so it. Enough. Niche. I feel like it's niche. You know, like I feel like, like if Superman listened to the podcast, he would probably be into it. Um, but I don't know if like the average Joe, like you or me, could really. Well, I think you know. I think first off, I do think Superman probably does listen to the podcast. Really. I just I think he probably does. That's awesome. And also, you know, I think I I think all the citizens of, of Metropolis really could use this information. I think it's in everyone's best interest okay. to clean yeah. up the kryptonite. I you know what? I agree. It's done. I'll talk about it on the show. Great. That'd be great. That I could really use the help on that. Of Thank course. you. Yeah. Um so uh let's move on to a couple I have some other questions I'd love sure. to just get your take on. Mm-hmm. Um First, um, on a scale of one to ten, how hot do you think Superman is? Uh, just quickly, uh, I know we're recording, but mm-hmm. how is this relevant to the news? It's just you know, it's a, it's it's a, the people want to know. 
the people love Superman. Oh, they want. They would yeah. love to, to find out what you think about. You Superman. know, we we do cover a lot of pop culture, so I guess this is like yeah. poppy, like a poppy sure. fun question. Yeah. Oh boy, he's real hot. I would say ten. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Did you hear that, folks? She thinks Superman's a ten. Yeah, I mean, wow. I think a lot of people would agree with me too. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. Um, glasses, hot or not? I mean, th- again, this is okay. Yeah, I guess people would be interested in this. Um, yeah, I, I th- it depends on the frames, but mm. yeah, I think they can be hot. Okay. Do you prefer glasses on, glasses off? Uh, you know, again, it really depends on the guy. Hmm. Hmm. So that's uh. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, have you had any personal run-ins with Superman? Oh no! I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> but no, I, I don't live in Metropolis, so mm-hmm. the, I guess the odds are somewhat sure. smaller. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're interested, maybe Superman will come by sometime. <laughs> oh, I doubt it. <laughs> well, you never know. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. You never know. I've done. Let me tell you, I have done. A lot of stories on Superman. You're like the guy who covers That's him. Kind of my beat. Yeah, yeah. Kind of my beat. That's a sick beat to have. Honestly, it's pretty fun. Yeah. You know, my boss, not exactly happy about it all the time. Sure, I've heard. Sometimes I, you know, I come into work in the morning, and uh, you know, I set I set my briefcase down, and uh, and he calls me in his office, and he's like, "Hey, you got to write, you got to write something that's not about Superman." Mm-hmm. And then I try, and I just can't. Right. I, well, there's just so much good Superman news out there. He is like a, a visiting super alien. It's like a, it's a huge right? story. It's a like what's right? a, what's a bigger story than Superman? Yes. <laughs> I mean, Thank climate you. change, probably climate change. Um, well, because if we don't have Earth, Superman can't visit Earth. Sure. Yeah. Well, we talked about the kryptonite. I'm 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 all about sure. the environment. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, um, let me get your opinion on this. Um, you know, when we were setting up this interview, uh, you met my, my coworker, Lois. She, lovely woman. She's great, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so here's my question. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you're a woman in the media. Correct. You know, so I, I, f- I feel like you have a lot of opinions about women in the media. Sure. Great. So my question is, do you think Lois... Is into me. See again. I don't know if this is an appropriate question for me to I'm weigh just, I'm in just on. I'm just asking, like person to person, just her like very well. You know, I I don't want to get into like a workplace harassment type situation. What? No, I it's mean, nothing like she's that. She's a coworker. Just, you know, like maybe tread lightly. I'm just trying. Hashtag to me out, too. I'm just trying to figure out if there's like. If there's like a thing between I us, so like we keep pl- I, to be perfectly. I, I feel don't, like we keep playing these games, no, no, and it's like I haven't seen you guys interact. I don't know if there's any chemistry involved. I, I I would feel uncomfortable answering that question. Maybe just ask her in a non-work situation. Mm-hmm. 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 That's gonna be a problem. Why? I'm not really around when I'm not at work. What? I got. I got stuff that i do outside what of work stuff what stuff are you doing you know i travel where do you travel to around <laughs> i go places you go places yeah i'm uh, really into exercising 
Oh, okay. I mean, that's good. Mm-hmm. Exercise I like is good. Fighting. Fighting? Mm-hmm. Oh, like MMA? Yeah. Kind of. Okay. See, I would just, as a woman, I'm going to tell you that being very vague about what you're doing when you're not at work mm-hmm. might lead to some issues in a relationship. Do you think that's the problem with Lois? Uh, I'd say it was probably one of the problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kay. Maybe her not knowing where you go all the time. Is that a problem? Yeah, think I, I think it would raise some red flags. I would be, I would wonder what really? you were doing with your time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I honestly had never considered that. Oh, well, I, would, I just I show up to work. It. I just assume that's enough. Oh just no, being there that's work? just being her coworker. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you've given me a lot to think about. Well, listen, uh, ditto. I gotta get on this kryptonite. Slash uh, widening the phone booth. Yes, and thank you for issue. Thank you for sharing this on your podcast so we can get these issues. Are out there the change.org petitions I can link to for any of this? Um, not really. Oh, no. Okay. Um, you know, I feel like if you're passionate about the issue, um, just uh, you know, get out there. Uh, hashtag clean up widen some the phone booths. Yes. Hashtag clean up the kryptonite. Twitter hashtags are big. Yep. They're they're huge for creating change. And, um, you know, if you see Superman, just tell him how awesome you think he is and what a good job he's doing and how hot he is. And, um, you know, just let him know that you, that you care about what he's doing. I agree. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I I can't wait. Thank you for cross posting this on your podcast. And and, uh, I can't wait to write up the story and uh, get the word out. Yeah. And, uh, continue doing your excellent coverage of Superman. Thank you so much. Yeah, like I said, very weird stuff. Uh, Guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all hold hands and cry. It'll be okay. We'll get through it together. Here is your bad news. No. You know what I'm going to start with? Oh, God. The Supreme Court. Guys, Brett it's... Kavanaugh. Ugh. Trump's official pick to replace Anthony Kennedy. Well, and did you see there was just a story today that said uh, Kennedy actually negotiated with the Trump administration to ensure that it was Kavanaugh because he was his former clerk? This was my uh, suspicion. When he was on his way out, I was like, collaborator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But what a narcissistic prick. Yep. Total fucking asshole. And so it goes without saying that this is the guy that Trump has picked to kill Roe v. Wade, uh, which has been a conservative uh, jerk off fantasy for forever. Oh, yeah. They've just been they've just been warming themselves up, priming the pump for ages. Yeah. So Think Progress has a long profile of who Brett Kavanaugh is that I'll link to at our Lipson page. Um, But yeah, he basically every conservative checkpoint you could think of, he's pro-corporations, anti-choice. He also definitely believes that uh, the executive should be exempt from prosecution for potential crimes. Oh, but why would Trump find that appealing? Hmm, I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. Uh, hates the environment. <laughs> um, yeah, anything you could think of, um, you know, believes businesses should have the right to discriminate against who they want to discriminate against. Yeah. Um, 
all of that stuff. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, so horrifying. It's really bad. And I also admit I have, I, in consideration of my, you know, mental health, did avoid reading yeah. a lot of the deep dives into the different people and their possibilities. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit less uh, up on exactly like all of the ways that this is bad. But yeah. as a, a lawyer friend of mine said, he's not the worst option that was out there, no, but they, it's they still had a like woman, yeah. um, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, they had her and she is like actual Serena Joy. Yeah, I mean, and she belongs to some truly disturbing like tiny religious organ like sect of some kind like yes it's it's one of those like i imagine jeff charlotte probably would have a field day <laughs> investigating it like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean but i think her name was on that list to make yep. Kavanaugh look more reasonable because he's he's like the very serious via yeah. capital capital s capital uh candidate because he is technically experienced, but he's still a fucking extremist. Yeah, absolutely. But when you put him next to real life Serena Joy, it's like, oh, well, he's the adult choice. Mm -hmm. And guess who played into that immediately? Oh. Um, the fucking New York Times. Once Love again, that. Anytime something like this happens, like there's been some horrific conservative nominee um, announced, Suddenly in the opinion page, you see a liberal's case for blank. Mm -hmm. And today it was by Akil Reed Amar, a liberal's case for Brett Kavanaugh. And that's exactly what Amar is arguing, arguing in the opinion piece where they're like, you know, he's experienced. Um, oh, and by the way, um, he was also um, Brett Kavanaugh's professor at Yale Law School. Ooh. So slightly biased. Um, yeah, and the idea that, oh, it could be, you know, he could be so much worse and, you know, he's competent. And I was like, great. Competence and doing like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and like overturning basic human rights, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Uh, well, coming up with uh, with arguments that don't sound completely bonkers, I guess. Right. Like, but then again, think about all the people who are writing stuff in the Supreme Court now. I mean, Jesus. Yes. I mean, uh, Neil what, Gorsuch isn't even trying. That's sort oh of a fun God. thing. Like, yeah. I've read a couple of his decisions. Oh, but that and, was oh another, wow. Like we saw that during Gorsuch, um, Neil Katyal had an op-ed piece called why liberals should oh back Neil Gorsuch. This is like what happens in the New York times op-ed section every single time there's mm -hmm. some horrific conservative um, nominee like this. Well, and there's going to be, and I'm sure that the red state Democrats who are terrified of losing their seats and their power right. are going to end up like having meetings and trying to decide what's going on. And like Susan Collins is going to ask some like super like mealy mouthed questions so that he <laughs> can say, Oh, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not, overtly hostile to Roe v. Wade and then which gets her vote and then the next thing you know somebody's bringing the South Dakota like three weeks after your last period if you're pregnant you can never abort anything right or, well he already gave a tricky answer about um, not overturning precedent that people misinterpreted and they mm -hmm. were like oh see he wouldn't overturn Roe v. Wade and he was talking about appeals courts yeah not the supreme court mm -hmm. that's a really important distinction yeah. to make. <laughs> stop giving this guy credit he's a fucking radical uh, I also love that 
Trump, apparently one of his like main qualifications he wanted for whoever replaced Kennedy was he wanted an Ivy Leaguer. I was going to bring that up that that was probably more likely the thing that torpedoed Amy Coney Barrett than Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that um, she was, you know, she's Serena Joy (laughs) because she went to like Notre Dame or something. Yeah. And like, I have a thing that's like, you're not that special, Notre Dame people, but still. They're not. It's not not a bad place. Yeah, but I also feel that way about like, Yale and Harvard. I'm like, you're not that special. <laughs> no, well, you're. It definitely doesn't mean that you have uh, that your pedigree is is or better, that you're intelligent like, or, or anything yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was so funny because wasn't Trump elected to be the outsider who like really stuck it to the? Oh yeah, IP well he's he's the anti elitist candidate who's obsessed with elitism. I yeah. mean, this is he's a deeply stupid man who <laughs> thinks that the fact that he was able to buy his way into. Um, University of Pennsylvania means that like you know but he's got a chip on his shoulder because that's not Ivy League enough right right and if he surrounds himself with enough so-called smart people he'll become smart via osmosis yeah well if he he does if he's surrounded by fancy people then no one can criticize his terrible decisions because like I got the best people I'm like we literally you know best and the brightest was a (laughs) was a slur against the men who uh started Vietnam and made everything terrible. So right. we're not exactly batting a thousand when it comes to decent decisions by yeah. Ivy Leaguers. I wanted to ask you something and like, I don't want to put you on the spot cause I honestly don't know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. So back when Obama had a, a chance to nominate someone and obviously yeah. the Republicans were being little fuck faces about it and, and not letting anything go forward. Oh, you mean when they like completely abandoned the rule of law and yes. uh, unlaw like basically like, yeah, abandon the rule of law in order to right. screw, stick it to him. Yeah. So I saw a couple of people get into it on Twitter talking about this, where they were like, um, Obama and the Democrats should have fought harder. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously the response to that is how? Like, what else could they have done? And someone was like, recess appointment. Yeah. But then wouldn't that have immediately been ruled unconstitutional? Yeah, I mean, they w- people would have challenged it. And, yeah. uh, and, it, and it probably would have been ended up in the same way that... Uh, you know, and also that's the sort of thing that if he had done it, then people would have suggested that he was doing all kinds of, you know, it was like an unprecedented violation of executive yeah. power. I just felt like it was like, don't get me wrong. I criticized the Democrats and Obama all I mean, of the, the time. The on Democrats show. just should have shut everything down and said, you're like, nothing is getting done yeah. if you refuse to do that. But they should have. what the Republicans yeah. always do. Yeah. And they, they should have honestly been doing that from day one of the Obama administration when the Republicans started were you know blocked so many judicial appointments yeah there. and I mean, it was like they were always like reason, oh the next yeah. thing they'll negotiate with yeah. us on and it's like no they're not ever no. going to negotiate no they're never with going you. to and that's why you know that's why Trump has had enough had the opportunity to make 500 appointments since he's yeah. taken office because they were all sitting empty because the Republicans wouldn't allow any of the nominees through yeah. and if they had been tougher, if they had started at that point, there might have been more room to fight back, I guess. I think that it's sort of hard to go back and su- suggest these counterfactuals, but also like yeah, sure. it's still worth thinking about because my God, like your willingness to let them walk all, the Democrats' willingness to let Republicans walk all over them and be whiny obstructionist bitches right. is why there's like, we're looking at a generation, if not more of, terrible terrible judicial decisions that have the potential to really like ruin lives on like the micro and macro level and i have a hard time believing it's a matter of just democrats being weak-willed and pushovers 
My Chuck Schumer is super weak, and he uh, apparently politely requested that Donald Trump consider nominating Merrick Garland <laughs> <laughs> out of a sense of decency. But I also just mm. think it's that these people are not affected in the same way mm-hmm. as the rest of America is by these decisions. So when something like Brett Kavanaugh happens, they might politically say the right things where they're like, oh, this is terrible, blah, 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 but it won't affect them right. in the same way it'll affect women in the South who suddenly won't have access to abortions. Yeah. Because, like, make no mistake, California and New York probably will continue to have access to abortions. Although New York is going to be an interesting case because mm-hmm. it has not yet enshrined the right to an abortion. It hasn't struck down. There's a law that would basically make it prosecutable again. Um, and there are, so there are several states who, after Roe v. Wade p- passed, like either removed laws that criminalized abortion or passed affirmative uh, laws that like affirmed the right um, specifically so that when you'd get that whole argument about it, it was like, we should let the states decide. So that at that point, mm. they would, like, somebody who was an opponent of it would have had to go through an extra step to try and make it harder. So that, that's, so, like, New York really needs to get on this shit. Yeah, that should be a priority. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, uh, like, obviously, uh, I'm terrified for women who... Who are already facing, who, like, yeah, horrifying Who already obstacles. have one abortion clinic in their state. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what's going to happen to these women if they can't afford to fly to New York or California and then also afford to get an abortion. Well, and, and it doesn't even have to just be abortion. I mean, this is going right. to, it'll have a um, massive effect on birth control access, contraception right. access, and yes. thinking about how the clinics that end up being targeted or that might have to shut because they now provide abortions, um, like that ends up making it harder for women to get you know, to control their fertility before these things happen. Right. And that's also an issue. But, um, you know, and this is, as my mom has said for my entire life, like these these guys have been, they want they want it all. They don't yep. want just to get rid of no, they, abortion. They, they want, want the handmaid's tale. Yeah, that's they want they absolute want. control over women's reproductive Absolutely. systems. So speaking of Trump, uh, he today, yesterday for you guys, pardoned... Um, the Hammonds, remember the Hammonds, everybody? Oh. The Oregon ranchers who were convicted of arson because they were uh, trying to do a controlled burn on their ranch and it spread over to federal land. And then they became a sort of right-wing cause. Hmm. Um, right-wing extremists rallied around them and they became like an emblem of of the feds overstepping yeah. their boundaries. Um so one of the so there was an occupation to protest uh, what was being happened to the, the Hammonds, um, and one of the occupiers, Robert Lavoie Finnicum, died, and um, a handful of others pleaded guilty to charges related to the occupation. But brothers Ammon and uh, Ryan Bundy, the accused leaders of the occupation, were not convicted. Um, so in a statement. Sarah Huckabee Sanders emphasized uncertainties in the case and the prison terms and fines the Hammonds had already paid. Quote, the evidence at trial regarding the Hammonds' responsibility for the fire was conflicting, and the jury acquitted them on most of the charges. The Hammonds are devoted family men, respected contributors to their local community, and have widespread support for their neighbors. Oh, give me a break. Law, local law enforcement, and farmers and ranchers across the West. Justice is overdue for Dwight and Stephen Hammond, both of whom are entirely deserving of these grants of executive clemency. Mm. Remember when Donald Trump 
call for the death penalty for five innocent black men <laughs> accused of falsely accused of rape. Uh, previously, children accused. Of oh yes, yes. I'm sorry. Children, children, children. <laughs> Five black children. Yeah. Uh, also, remember how the rule of law is deeply, deeply important unless you're like right wing ranchers, in mm-hmm. which case you can just burn a bunch of land and it's cool, and then launch a batshit occupation in which there is a. How long was that standoff? It was a really long it was time. A while, it went right? a long time. Yeah. Uh, and then someone dies in it, and it's still like, you know what? They are just hardworking Americans. They love their neighbors. It's like, did they love their neighbors when they were, like, occupying territory and, like, waving around guns? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but, like, I'm sure that the, the families, I mean, come on. We've seen, like, the cults, like, I'm sure there were loving family members inside the Waco compound. Oh, but course. they were not exactly, like, off the hook. Yeah, nor did the press secretary get up and then start saying that they're devoted family men. <laughs> Um, and I, yeah. Oh God, it makes me so angry. Yeah. And also I just love how Trump is definitely, this is just the beginning of him going, um, pardon happy. Oh yeah. He's definitely got a whole list of, of asks and people that, uh, you know, from people that are going to be real, real weird. I mean, that's why we got Dinesh D'Souza, you know, and Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Oh my God. Come on. Uh, so I also wanted to talk about, Ooh, which, racist GOP or do I want to talk about first? Ooh. Let's talk about this one because it, it was so bad shit and I want to make sure we have enough time to talk about it. So a San Bernardino gang prosecutor oh, called yeah. Maxine Waters a cunt while wondering why she hasn't been shot. Mm. Oh boy. San Bernardino County Deputy District Attorney Michael Selium um, also apparently posted on Facebook and Instagram memes mocking Mexican immigrants and saying that a victim of police violence had it coming. Ooh. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that uh, if you're a prosecutor, Mm -hmm. you probably can't do your job very well if you hold opinions like that about people. You think so? Yeah. You think it makes them biased? I think think it suggests a certain bias that might uh, might lead to some, some... issues you're saying cases. okay hold on you're saying the guy who said quote being a loudmouth cunt in the ghetto you would think someone would have shot this bitch by now you're saying that guy that guy might be biased yeah i'm just saying i think that that suggests that maybe he hmm, interesting okay you know right. he's in problems um yeah also oh. i i have literally just discovered a piece of what i can only say is terrible news oh no you, well uh, we're in the bad news section like, if you so, want to drop it yeah um the handmaid's tale is launching a line of wines <laughs> I know you didn't see that one coming. <laughs> that is like so cynical and awful, but also I'm like, yeah. 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 Uh, People magazine has exclusively confirmed and revealed Fuck. today that we're fans in a will... simulation. We're in yep. a simulation at this point. This is not reality. Yeah. So there are, uh, you know, uh, off, Offred and Offglen have inspired red wines, and uh, Serena Joy is a white wine. <laughs> oh, of course she is. I hate white wine. Uh, and as as someone pointed out on Twitter, how dare they not make an Aunt Lydia rosé? Oh my God! Yeah, how did Aunt Lydia get left out? Um, but I'm this offended. is still. I just I I saw this pop up, and I thought there's no way this is real. Apparently, no. It it is. It real. is. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. That is honestly though. Th- there's no way this is reality. Uh, let's see. Serena Joy's 2016 Bordeaux Blanc is considered <laughs> sophisticated, traditional, and austere. 
While the white wine may initially come off as restrained, a few sips reveal it to be hiding layers of approachable white grapefruit and lemongrass backed by weight and concentration. Uh, oh my God. I, Is it bad I kind of want to try it? If I mean, it's not bad, but the wines are going to be terrible. Oh, uh, I will yes, say. Like, I know they'll be awful. Um, you know, as someone who had to taste several uh, different wines that were from uh, or promotional for different brands. Like I think I had, when I was at, uh, working at Glamour, we tried the 50 shades of gray wines. Oof, God. Oh, I almost vomited. Yeah. Just from a sip. I, the thing is, here's the thing about wine. So you always want to go for like yellowtail cause you're mm-hmm. like, it's a big bottle. It's cheap. But if you go up like 10 bucks, you can actually get good wine. Yeah. And, uh, it doesn't have to yeah. be crazy expensive, yeah. but, but also don't buy the big bottles. Don't like, buy the big bottles. That's always a scam. It is. Well, it's always a scam, and they're, it's always really crummy. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, like 50% sugar. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to yeah, have just, a wicked hangover. Yeah. And it, yeah. it gets bad. Um, oh, I, I have to read Offred's description. This is a Please. 2017 Pédioc Pédi- uh, Pinot Noir. Uh, it is rich and complex. Lush fruit flavors of cherry and cassis are complemented by earthy flavors of mushroom and forest floor. We honor Offred with a wine that will stay with you long after you finish your glass and a powerful experience oh. you will never forget. Oh my God. Yes. Wine is just like state sponsored and institutional rape. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. I don't, so, I'm torn. Is this the, is a bad, is this a bad news story or is this a good news story? I mean, I think that it's, I mean, as, as far as it's corporate it's feminism like, gone awry, yes. it's like also making a wine that's like Avglen branded, like, is that what you drink after you've been mutilated? Right. Like, listen, I'm not saying it's in good taste. I'm just saying like, in terms of how hard it made me laugh. <laughs> Uh, maybe it should have been in the good news section. I mean, I guess. I think no, it's definitely it, it's, one of those things that says, do, okay. Do you follow The be... Handmaid's Tale on Twitter? I do not. They have the most like in bad taste product placement tweets oh, ever because it is God. a horrifying show. Yeah, no, so, you should not be, you shouldn't be marketing no, things with they it. Should be, but they're marketing everything. And it's mm. like, I love the show a lot, but mm-hmm. there's a lot about, how the show's promoted that is deeply disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Bordering on horrifying. But hey guys, uh, it's that time of the episode before you go out into the rest of your day. Here is your good news. So this first piece of good news is sort of um, just checking in with our friends in the UK. Like, uh, hey, guys, what's going on with you? Uh, Because as fucked up as things are here, I feel like if anywhere could rival how fucked up our country is right now, it's certainly the UK. But this made me smile. Uh, Boris Johnson has resigned. Oh, Boris. As foreign secretary uh, following pressure. Um, that has been building on Theresa May because, and this is going to shock everybody to hear, they don't know how to execute Brexit. Oh, you mean that their uh, their whole grand idea was ill-planned? It, apparently, they didn't even have a plan, if you can Ooh. believe it. They just wanted to win based on populist anger and xenophobia. And they just somehow thought that everything was going to go fine and they, that and yeah. Europeans were not going to punish them for trying to drop mm-hmm. out of the EU. They thought they would just 
moonwalk out of the EU and it's hmm. not going down that way. So there's been a lot of pressure building on Theresa May because she was the big dumb idiot in charge of that. Oh, yeah. And somebody needed to fall on the sword. And why not an even bigger, dumber idiot like Boris Johnson? Uh, Boris Johnson is just the worst. <laughs> he's a terrible, terrible. He's British Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's sillier than than Donald. He's Trump. a little sillier. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely there's a there's a quiet oafishness about him that I feel <laughs> is somehow slightly more hilarious. Quiet oafishness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, that is true. Um, so yeah, but it, that made me very happy because anytime. Uh, something bad can happen to any of these idiots. Um, it's it's nice. It's a good thing. So obviously now that Johnson is out, people are asking, do you think, and I'm asking you this, mm-hmm. do you think Theresa May's government is close to collapsing? Um, I actually do. I mean, the nice thing I about well. uh, governments in the UK is that it really doesn't take that much to no. see everything ruined. They resign a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like the entire premise of the TV show in the, like, the thick of it. You yeah. just are suddenly like, oh, new coalition government, new leader, new right. something or other. New, they're like, oh, palace intrigue. Um, yeah, like, it is so hard to impeach a president in the mm-hmm. United States. And, like, if you screw up and suddenly people are like, we don't have any confidence in you, the next thing you know, you're like, oh, we're having an election. Right. Yeah. Which is how democracy should work. Yeah. I mean, the only thing, like, I imagine Jeremy Corbyn's making some celebratory jam today. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, Ooh. Speaking of endorsement deals, Corbyn jam. Ooh. I'd eat that. Yeah. I mean, frankly, he's probably a better jam maker than he is leader of the... Uh, um, almost certainly. Yeah. Almost certainly. Uh, I mean, another good thing is... Um, you know, Trump's supposed to be going to the UK, and there's the whole like the giant, bo- the He's giant not going baby to balloon, London, right? Um, Did he say he was totally avoiding London? I'm not sure, but they definitely are. Yeah, the giant floating baby balloon is a big one. I know yes. that uh, that uh, Buckingham Palace has uh, said that they're not going to have any sort of meeting uh, or state dinner. He's vastly uh, scaled back how long right. he's going to be in London. So mm-hmm. he's very briefly going to be there because they know he's going to get the shit protested out of them. Oh, yeah. there Nobody is going to have any patience for him. He right. certainly will not be going outside. Uh, nor should he. So also, I wanted to talk about, um, I give a shout out to the bartender who chased Stephen Miller <laughs> into the street and uh, flicked him off double middle fingers um, after Stephen Miller had showed up to collect $80 worth of sushi, which is a lot of sushi. I know. Although I thought about it. I saw people making that comment where they're like, man, fuck this guy, $80 worth of sushi. And I was like, Honestly, you could I, spend that pretty quickly. I could eat $80 worth of sushi. I've eaten $30 worth of sushi and been like, yeah. I could have eaten more. So I mean, you have to imagine that maybe he was getting, either he was getting a lot of overpriced stuff or somebody was eating with him. I, does he have friends or, and or family? I don't know. I'm just like thinking about. Oh, the other uh, cave trolls were probably hungry. Sure. Yeah. And he, it was his turn to buy dinner. Yeah, he was. Uh, he had a he had a uh, working dinner with Gollum. Sure. Yeah, Gollum <laughs> loves sushi. Little known yeah. fact. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Stephen Miller was so upset that he threw away the eighty dollars yeah. worth of sushi, stormed off into the night. Wasting food to own the libs is definitely a new one. It is. Yeah. I also uh, Charles tweeted this, but he's like, "What if?" That was the response every time they're confronted. Like anybody oh from God. the Trump administration, they just throw away whatever they have. <laughs> and I was like, that would be incredible. I hope this is a trend. Uh, yeah, but I also wanted to talk about, because it reminded me of what happened with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And oh, yeah. The restaurant. 
being asked to leave by the manager, how conservatives flip out when Mm -hmm. shit like this happens. And they're constantly like, what happened to civility? It's the end of civility. And it's like, no, this is still civility. Like, believe it or not, even though it upsets you and hurts your fifis, even though we're supposed to be the snowflakes, but whatever, asking someone to politely leave your restaurant, Mm -hmm. flicking somebody off from a distance when compared to what this administration is doing and has done, is a tame response. It is It is pretty simple. You've put children in baby jail. Yeah. You've torn apart families. Yeah, like, and you can't figure out how to giving you double do middle fingers is a very, very tame response to that. And I, yeah. I just worry about them because I don't know if they're going to be able to survive the revolution. Oh, comes. yeah, I don't know. I'm just worried about Stephen Miller. So, well, I mean, as, according to the Washington Post, these guys are, you know, it's a real morale problem. They're, people are getting burned out by how mean people are to them. Oh, yeah. Well, also, apparently, Stephen Miller complained because someone screamed fascist <laughs> at them <laughs> inside a Mexican restaurant, which, again, how dare you go to a Mexican restaurant if you work in the Trump administration? No guac for you, seriously. You don't get to eat their delicious food no. after terrorizing their community. It does really make me want tacos, oh, though. Oh, man, I love Mexican food. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Although, again, um, not to keep referencing Charles, but the other day he was like, should I get Indian or Mexican? And oh. I was like staring off into the distance for several minutes pondering someone else's food order. I wasn't ordering Mexican or Indian, but I literally was like, oh, they're both so good. Mm. I don't know which do you get. (laughs) It's a tough one. Sophie's Choice. That's my Sophie's Choice. Between Indian and Mexican. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So before we peace out for this episode, I wanted to ask you, do you have any advice for people about stuff they can do for their own uh, self-care or mental health? Um, I mean, I definitely think uh, spending a little time in nature is very good. Um, I've been to the beach a few times and I've really enjoyed the salt air and the sun, uh, which I think is is really wonderful. Um, Pet some dogs. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, You know, I think like spending some time with animals. That was such a genuine response. I was just Uh, like, yeah. yeah. Also, um, I'm not sure you can always look up uh, pictures and videos of cows. Oh, well, um, it is cow appreciation. Yeah. yeah, yesterday was a National Cow Appreciation Day. Was yeah, that it? That was, that's correct. Um, and I know that Darth's Twitter account had a ton Can I be an insufferable of, vegan for a second? Yeah. Uh, the best way to appreciate cows is to not eat cows. This is true. <laughs> so, And <laughs> that's, that's not my, that insufferable. My two cents. I almost tweeted it and I was like, don't fucking do it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's probably probably for the best. But yes, the, yeah. the videos of cows, especially cows playing with dogs. Yeah, cows are uh, very affectionate, smart creatures. Mm-hmm. And they love to play. They have a really deep bond. I could tell you horrifying stories about um, mama cows trying to actually bury their their calves like in the ground and hide them because they knew they were being taken away from them like they're that smart they Mm -hmm. like they have really strong bonds they have really strong families um and the mamas know to hide their babies if they think they're going to be taken away to be killed um so yeah don't eat them Uh, so yeah, pet a dog, go into nature. I like these things. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's other stuff because I've yeah my my self care has involved a lot of just trying to not pay as close attention to the news I'm as possible. Honestly, not on Twitter a lot these days. Yeah, because this is my compromise because I want to delete my account where I'm but I can't for work. So I'm like I'm just gonna be on it as infrequently as possible, mm-hmm. just because I can't. I still 
learn about all the bad news, obviously, because I have to cover it on this show, but I'm not, it's not a deluge, you know? Right. right. Um, cause that, that's a separate thing. Like it's one thing to like watch the nightly news and like in a half an hour segment process everything bad that's happening, but to sit in front of it all day mm-hmm. and have it as a constant stream, I yeah. think is deeply damaging. It's, it's very bad for your psyche. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this weekend, um, we're, I was going to brunch with, uh, with Pete and we started to, we were talking a little bit about a couple of different things and we sat down and then after we started, we were like talking about bad things happening and then both of us just stopped at the same time and said, we're like, let's just not do this. Yeah. Like it's time for delicious food. Like, yes. Let's hang out and let's enjoy. Hit pause. This, the like, bad things will still be there. We after do dinner. not need to be considering uh, all of the ways that the world is in bad shape. And yeah, I, and I think yeah. sometimes we feel we as liberals, progressives, however you identify, um, we feel guilty if we don't feel bad all the time. Because mm-hmm. it's like, things are so bad right now, I should feel bad all the time. But it's yeah. like, but then you burn out and then you can't help us fix the bad things. Yes. So that doesn't help anyone. Right. Um, also, guys, I totally understand, like, uh, we just did an online hangout uh, for my $10 a month and higher Patreon supporters. And a few people were like, I haven't been listening to the show because I feel too burnt out on the bad news. I get that. That's why this show's a different structure and we talk about pop culture and have good news at the end. Um, I totally get it. No shade. Don't feel you have to tell me. You're yeah. not listening to the show anymore. I was like, oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for the honesty. Don't feel you have to share. Yeah. Um, I'm a person, too. I mean, I'm just honestly, trying to focus on I, good things. If I felt like I couldn't listen to this show, I think I'd probably still play it just so that you get the, like... That's, what I told them to do. <laughs> That's exactly what I told them to do. I was like, well, just subscribe and play the episodes for a little bit and then turn it off. You don't have to listen to the whole thing. Um, yeah, just, and just let it... They are all subscribers because they, they listen to what I say and they're, they're good people. No shade. I was just kind of like, guys, please remember I'm a person too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I've also think like doing some crafts. I don't know. Like oh, of yeah. literally any time. It could be as simple as coloring. I actually bought a needlepoint kit. So I'm going to do a Hell little, yeah. I'm going to do some cross stitching. You're going to do that on the subway? Um, no, I think I'm uh-huh. probably just going to keep it at home. I, I love like, when I accidentally sit across from an old lady knitting on the love subway. That. Yeah. I just watch them. It's the most soothing thing. Like mm-hmm. I imagine to do the knitting, but also to watch someone knit is so hypnotic and soothing. Yeah. I recommend it. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely even just watch knitting tutorials and you'd get the same Ooh, result. Yeah. You know? Especially there's a couple that uh, feature an Australian woman. So when she's narrating how you do the stitches, uh-huh. I've I've found myself like repeat watching when I'm trying to learn something just because oh I find it relaxing. I love. There is a guy uh, when I where I used to live, I forget which apartment it was, but I would get the subway really early in the morning and he was a dude, like middle-aged hipster mm-hmm. and he would knit at like lightning speed. Oh my God. And it was amazing to watch on the platform. Mm-hmm. And he was in his own, he wasn't like doing it to be performative. He yep. like was really in his own world. Um, but everyone around him would just be like staring at him because yeah. he was going so fast. Yeah. There's a, uh, you can definitely find a lot of interesting videos of uh, Icelandic dudes knitting. Oh, I'm That's there. its own thing. So I highly, you know, just like, get yourself some hot Vikings Hell doing yeah. uh, doing some wool work. And yeah, that'll that'll definitely be some self-care. Hell yeah. I'm going to write down knitting with Vikings. Um, guys, please follow Meredith on Twitter at 
Meredith L. Clark. Please go to lighttreason.news. Hit that donate button. Keep us going for as little as $5 a month. I so appreciate everyone who's still listening. Even though things are really bad right now, I feel like community is what keeps us going, right? Uh, Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. (laughs) 